Welcome into Pro Football Ireland as we get ready for the fourth week of the NFL season. Pro Football Ireland, Ireland's biggest NFL podcast network. Daily content, search Pro Football Ireland or find us on all social media platforms at NFL Ireland. Michael McQuid, Mark Hogan, Jason Hayes, as we look ahead to the fourth week of the season. Such a big week coming up. Um, Mark, first off for you, man, we got the London game starting this week. We're heading to London town. Lands in May on Sunday morning. Day in, day out. Get out immediately sort of situation. But honestly, really, really excited for it. But more so, man, it's 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 been a great few weeks in the NFL. It's been a great few weeks for this brand, for Pro Football Ireland, and we massively appreciate everybody's help and support to grow it in such a short time period. But some great games this weekend as well. How are you doing? Yeah, the idea to get the podcast done in English accents didn't quite get across the line, but I'm so excited now to be going over to London for the next three weeks. It's definitely one of those things that yeah, we kind of take for granted that the games are there, but like when I'm thinking this week that I'm going to an NFL game, it's so exciting. And, you know, I, I think so many people on the island of Ireland have been to an NFL game now that the allure of it's gone. We're going to talk about it in a minute because I'm sure there's people that are going for the first time to their first NFL game, especially over the next three weeks. And it's like, I certainly remember mine and the buzz of, oh, I finally done it. I've been to an NFL game. So I'm excited for all those people that get to say that this week. Do give us a shout slash buy us a pint in Dublin Airport at 5.25am <laughs> on Sunday morning if you see us. And I'll be going from Belfastia International Airport. For the Tottenham game, so we, we we will have a presence at all three London games. Please, God, will be in Germany as well. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But Jason, um, good to see you as well, sir. We're back two weeks in a row now, man. You're looking fresh. How good you to doing? see you guys. Yeah, I'm. I'll be very envious watching you two um, head over to London and watch those games. I'm still not quite at that stage myself, but I'll enjoy them from the couch anyway, no doubt. But uh, yeah, three three great games coming up in a row. I really like the way it's structured. You know, just complete London team for the next three weeks and then we have Germany in early November so we can just fully embrace ourselves in this um, international series yeah it's going to be sweet it's going to be sweet that first game is Falcons Jags next week is the Jags for the first time ever in the NFL a, a team staying over and playing as the away team against the Buffalo Bills in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium Sunday week and then Ravens Titans the week after that. It's going to be a mad few weeks. Really, really excited for it. That Falcons-Jags game is on Virgin Media 3 in the Republic from 1.50 on Sunday. And it's on ITV1 in Northern Iron on Sunday also. I had to do that, Mark. Uh, let's let's talk London Slate generally. Uh, just, lads, your your general thoughts on the London Slate this year. And, Mark, give us like a London memory that, you, that you've bottled up because you'll love mine in a few minutes whenever I give it to you. Yeah, speaking about the slate, like we talked to Henry Hodgson when the games got announced and we said, is this the best slate? We must have mentioned it a few weeks ago because it feels like we talked about it a few weeks ago. But now that we're here, I mean, we have, what, three teams that are currently sitting in playoff seating. And look, I know it's we're only going into week four, but we have genuine contenders. And that's what's so exciting about it. I mean, the teams I'm talking about are Baltimore, Buffalo and Atlanta sit in those playoff spots. And I think there's a very, very good chance that they remain in them come week 17 and 18. And then the Jaguars, who we all expect, and they're put down by some people like Peter King as the number one seed because they were going to be able to take care of their division. They've had a couple of uh, unfortunate weeks. They picked up losses, obviously a surprise one against the Texans. And the week before that was against the Chiefs. But, I mean, the Tennessee Titans are the only one that you'd say aren't going to get there and they could get there if it's the Jags that fall out. So, yeah, to 
to get four out of the five teams and to be, I'm so confident that four out of the five teams are going to be going is absolutely outrageous. And we need to kind of look back at what we've had over the last few years. I mean, last year when the Jags were coming, they were coming as two and five to play the two and five Broncos. The last time the Falcons came, they, the only thing that was worth seeing from them was Kyle Pitts. So I suppose it's just that even if the games don't turn out to be great, it's that we have we can look forward to every single one. And I think the thing that says it all is ESPN is sending, or at least having their A-team cover this game, the likes of Laura Rutledge, Dan Orlovsky, Lewis Riddick. They're all on this. I think Mina Kimes herself will be looking at it, except for she went on maternity leave this week. So just the respect that even this game is getting, it's because they're bona fide teams that we're going to see. What about you, my man, Jason? Like, I mean, I think for a lot of people, Jason, um, I'll talk about this more in a minute, but I, I don't think, I think it would be rude to call this a podcast. I, I don't think brands, I don't think networks, certainly in Europe, would be around a lot of them if it wasn't for games in London, if it wasn't for continued growth. Absolutely, yeah. And I think the calibre of the teams really is a testament to that. Fun little stat here for you guys. I've found this out myself now. Uh, true. Wikipedia is my source, by the way. So I hope there's no mistake here. But um, in 2007, the Giants won the first ever London game, 13-10 to 10 against the Dolphins. That year, they went on to win the Super Bowl, beating the Pats, of course, um, in that famous game to, to end their streak. But there's been 32 games since then. So that's, you know, 64 teams or 64 chances at a Super Bowl but not one of them has gone on to win the Super Bowl in the same year as playing in London since. So I think with the teams we have playing this year, it's as good a chance as any uh, for a streak like that to end. Uh, I'm interested to see how some of the teams will uh, respond to playing in London. They have limited experience, uh, excluding the Jaguars, of course. It's the Bills' second game. They lost the first to the Jaguars. Um, the Ravens and Titans have each played one game. Both lost that also. Uh, the Ravens got hammered actually by the Jaguars in 2017, if anyone remembers that. And the Titans lost by just one point to the Chargers. So I think a few of these teams have something to prove in their own sense, but just collectively, I'm kind of interested in that Super Bowl stat there because it has been a while now, 15 plus years uh, since that's been done. I hope. Blame it on Wikipedia if that's not true. Um, but uh, that's, that's one thing I'll be keeping an eye on as we go through this year. Do you know what? You would certainly say that with especially the Bills, maybe the Jags, the Chiefs and the Dolphins, I mean, them all playing in Europe, you'd have to think that one of the, at least one of the participants is going to play this year in, in, in Europe. Yeah, I think it's, it just really is. It's yeah. like, I just, when the games were announced, I said at the time, I think it's the best slate we've ever gotten. And now after three weeks of football, I think that's absolutely holding up. I mean, yeah, I don't want to jump ahead too much to the Germany game, but that Chiefs-Dolphins game could be uh, the top two teams in the league by then when it comes over. Everyone starts saying the rosary that we actually get into that game, boys. <laughs> uh, that's a whole different conversation. Have we got a favourite London memory? Uh, for me, it's more than just a memory of a game. Uh, I had just moved back from a, a year living in Spain. My beloved Denver Broncos, my former beloved Denver Broncos after last week. Um, had just won the Super Bowl uh, on a high nothing could go wrong and I was going to 
Sunday Night Football in Denver in the middle of November and I was sitting in Manchester, I was living in Manchester for the year and I thought to myself, there's an NFL game on, I might go down for the crack, I might see it, never been a new game. So I thought, right, I'll go down and it ended up being Kirk Cousins against Andy Dalton in Wembley. The toy game? Yeah. No way. I paid £20 for a ticket, Sterling. I got a train and I missed my train back because the game went to overtime and I'll, I'll never forget it. It felt like it was going on and on and on and on. And I'll, I'll never forget because the Redskins, as they were called at the time, had a, a chance to win it with a miss, and, and they missed the field goal for about four minutes to go. And there was a collective groan in, in the stadium, but also a collective roar. I was loving it. I was buzzing it. Wasn't it, wasn't it really close in as well, wasn't it? Wasn't it like it was definitely a kickable and it, it was just the lashing of rain that was there. It was. And then it was like, there, there, like while there was that collective groan, there was like that collective like, yes, more football. Uh, Bengals fumble and then obviously Washington end up winning it. But honestly, it, like, I look back on that day now and like it's hard to believe the situation that we're all in now. It's it's a bit weird. Like I even remember watching, <laughs> I remember watching the Panthers against the Bucks at Tottenham as a fan at home, and to think we're all going over now. It sort of hits home. It's going to be a great crack this weekend, but more so, we I feel like we all have like a collective responsibility to try and help grow the game in Ireland for people that you know deserve to get good Irish coverage, and that's that's something that I and I know you boys want to do as well over these next few weeks. I think this is a great slate of games. Uh, and I'm not saying that because we're talking about the NFL on a podcast network in, in Ireland. I think this game this weekend is good. We'll talk about it more down the stretch. I think Atlanta can pose a real threat to this Jacksonville Jaguars team who are coming off a loss after last week. I, I love the matchup next week and I'm so intrigued to see how Jacksonville um, spend a week at the Grove. And it, that, like that, that's a huge deal internationally. It's a huge test for the NFL. Um, and like there, there's no secret we can see they want to grow it again next year they're talking about Madrid let's see what happens and the game uh, with the Titans and, and the Ravens two big big supported teams in my opinion I think that'll be the best atmosphere this year in, in London which is maybe a bit controversial saying that with Buffalo coming over um, I think that'll be the best atmosphere and then Germany, that's, that's when it all starts so it's, it's going to be it's going to be a great 78 weeks I'm really really excited now but that was my memory I am waiting for Mark Hogan to tell me he was at the the Giants Dolphins game here or something legendary so go for it no no do you know my first game was in 2017 against the Cardinals and I suppose when you ask for a memory especially if people are listening to this maybe going over on the plane or whatever and I tell you it was so exciting because it was my first Cardinals game it was a real pinch me moment because I never actually thought I'd see the Cardinals because again this is 2017 the NFL seems so much further away but I, they don't do the events so much anymore, but there was an NFL event hosted by, of course, Neil Reynolds. I remember seeing Mark Dalton, the head of communications, you probably know the name, mm. Jason from the Arizona Cardinals. And even someone like that got me excited. At the event, I was sitting in a seat and I looked to my right and Sean McVay was the next guest on and he was standing right next to me and I could see the white in his eyes. I was like, wow, he's right there. This guy, Sean McVay, this is insane. I leave that event and I see Steve Kime queuing up, the general manager at the time, for the London Eye. I went and shook his hand. I was on my way to a New Era store where Tyron Matthew was signing uh, pictures or whatever. I didn't get into the store because I got there late, but I was there just in time that he was leaving and I got to shake his hand. I got an autograph or whatever that he was already pre-signed from the store. It's probably somewhere in my room still here now. 
And then the game itself was, yeah, kind of a blur. It was freezing in, in Twickenham. But I remember at the end of it, and this is, was, wow, this is what going to a game is like. Adrian Peterson must have lost the necklace. And he stood around for about half an hour after the game, just combing the field with different equipment guys trying to find it. And I was like, this is the stuff that when you go off air or when the cameras turn off, you don't get to see. And then I could swear that Larry Fitzgerald came out and helped him look for it as well. And this was the game that Carson Palmer had to retire after, essentially, because he got injured. So I remember being really devastated that it was one over. I remember waiting for a bus, to, could not get a bus, just thinking and thinking and thinking and looking for content around Carson Palmer. So it, it, the day, the what, two nights, maybe three nights that I was there were an absolute dream come true. And I hope it's the same for another fan that's going over there this weekend. Hopefully... A fan, Jason, will have their Taylor Swift experience or, you know, something awesome. Uh, had to drop that in because we've been talking about that off camera. Mar uh, Jason, tell us your moment. H have you had a moment? Did, did you go to that amazing game for the Rams? Hey, Sorry, yeah, for the Cardinals. I was there. That was a bad game for the Cardinals. I back then, boys. Was it 33 zip or something? 33 nothing. And my experience at Cardinals games has gotten ever so slightly worse. Would oh, my God. What game have you been to, to since? I went to the Broncos game was my next game. What was it? 42 to 10, which is yeah, yeah. the same means differential. And then I went to the Rams Cardinals game on one night football where or sorry, when Aaron Donald absolutely threw Carson or Kyler Murray around. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins got injured in that game. And so did Odell Beckham. I think that's when he started his injury started to happen with the Rams, if I remember that correctly. But in between all that, I did go to a Chicago Bears beat down in Chicago. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> in last year, right? I'm just impressed you managed to stay till the end and beyond of that London game. I think I was gone halfway through the fourth quarter, to be honest. Um, but yeah, for, in terms of my memory, just a, a couple. I've a quick one at the start, but I had a, I had a chance. It must have been in 2014. Uh, what you know, they shut down the street for kind of a bit of a festival on the weekend of games. I think it was Regent Street at the time. Uh, and I just strolled down the street and bumped into the late great Kevin Cadle, the Sky Sports presenter. Um, you know, he was just uh, enjoying the atmosphere oh, himself, yeah. yeah, and got a nice photo with him. But I might and absolutely look gent as, as nice as you'd expect uh, in person as well. But uh, a bit of a confession here as well. After I got my photo, a group of lads came up looking for a photo with Kevin. So they handed me their phone, stood next to Kevin. <laughs> and like, I'm about 98% sure I hit the wrong button and the phone turned off when the camera wasn't taken. <laughs> Kevin Cadle was already kind of walking off. It was just all half, it was too late. I just played dumb, handed him back the phone and I walked away. So if they're out there, if these people are listening to this podcast somehow, I'm sorry. But anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the best memory we asked you for. <laughs> uh, I like, would probably wouldn't say that's the best memory. Um, I mean, like, like Jason, like, we, we literally talked about this. Like, let's, let's talk about our London memories. That we, I, I've never I had to get that off my so. chest. I had to wow. get that off my chest. But in terms of a game experience, um, 2015, so... We're all looking forward to clash of two great quarterbacks this weekend or next weekend sorry with uh, josh allen and trevor lawrence of the bills and jaguars i was over there for a clash of two titans as well in 2015 when ej manuel of the bills went head to head with blake bortles 
of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's not a game you would have expected much from, but honestly, it was the best. I've been to a few London games now, and it was far and away the best game I've been to. Um, absolute toe-to-toe, back-and-forth encounter. There was a six-minute span in the second quarter where the Jaguars scored four touchdowns. Two of them were back-to-back defensive touchdowns, uh, back-to-back plays. And the game finished with a 31-yard touchdown pass from Blake Bortles to Alan Hearns with two minutes left to win the game, 34-31. So in terms of just personal games that I've experienced, that 2015 game with much weaker-looking rosters than will be treated to next week, uh, really delivered. So hopefully these games can live up to that. EJ Manuel, I once paid over £2,000 sterling of the Queen's English to see Joe Flacco play a quarterback for the Denver Broncos against the Chicago Bears. Anywho, let's move on. Looking forward to London this weekend. If you're in London over the next three weeks, please do reach out at NFL Ireland's Your Best Bet Instagram, X, TikTok as well. I hear we're all dab hands on TikTok, boys. Sure, but no, please, please do reach out. We'd love, we'd love to meet you. Um, can't grab pints because we're working. We can do anything else. Maybe Mark might grab a pint. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, on the college football podcast over the last few weeks, it's sort of a running joke that all we do is talk about the Colorado Buffs and thankfully this week that's going to come to an end whenever they eventually lose again and the hype train ends I feel like this is a topic Mark that we're going to sort of repeat on the NFL podcast um, we're going to talk about the New York Jets and I, I feel like metaphorically I'm uh, I'm banging my head against the wall here only because of the way that they've acted like I watched the first off for people listening to the podcast and watching the show um. They bring in Trevor Simeon. They they don't make a trade at the time of recording. Store Magnus, dependent. Let's see what happens. But um, Mark, I, I have to say, I think it's an inept decision by the New York Jets organization. I think it's poor. I think when you've got a team that's in a window in terms of what they have on both sides of the ball, I think this will cost, I can't believe I'm saying this, this could cost Robert Salah his job at the end of the year. And I didn't. I never thought I was going to say that. I think for him to stand up on that podium every day and say, "Zach wasn't their guy. Zach wasn't their guy." Well, he's not their guy. And I can tell you one thing: as somebody that has suffered, suffered for the last eight years, never mind last week with seventy points, I can tell you: while Trevor Simeon has a ring, he's not the guy either. So, Mark, what the hell's going on in New York? Should Colin Kaepernick come in now? I think it'd be crazy to get rid of Robert Sala. I think this is going to fall on Joe Douglas because at least Robert Sala this week has started to say in different ways that he's not completely in on Zach Wilson and how he's saying that is by being a bit like, you know, he's not outright saying, no, we're with Zach Wilson through the end of the year. It's, well, that's who I have to work with right now. I mean, at the end of the day, his defense, Robert Sala's defense is doing the business. Like, they're keeping the team afloat and that's why we would talk about training for a quarterback because that, you know, the team can pick up, pick off exactly where they want to be if they just go out and trade one. And I suppose the reason why we're talking about it this week is because I just think it's shocking that they would allow themselves to fall any further into a hole. If there's any team that could pull it off the 0-3, it'd be the Jets with a competent quarterback. But it's almost like they're waiting to go into 0-4. And that's, that's when the panic stations, that's when there's no more room for maneuver. 
but it looks like that's what's going to happen because yeah Trevor Simeon was brought in this week and it's like wait are you serious that's all they've done I was worried when we said we'd talk about this this week I was like there's no way we get to Wednesday night's recording and there hasn't been a major move and here we sit on Wednesday night and there hasn't been a major move now that said we have in the last two weeks talked about subjects and as soon as we've ended them they have been or a massive news story is broken. So my fingers are almost crossed that it happens again this week because the Jets team is too good and they've just invested too much. I mean, look, it's, it was the second round pick is all they gave up for Aaron Rodgers. They won't have to give up the first round pick now because you won't have the playing time. But it's like, just push the chips in. This is it. This is as good as a team as you can get. End of story. Like, you know, there's no point waiting anymore. And that's why we can talk about it specifically to the New York Jets because everything has worked perfectly. They have the good head coach that is running a fantastic defense. They have the makings of a great offense before you, you know, like, yes, down the road, you're going to have to pay Sauce Gardner. You're going to have to pay um, Garrett Wilson. But it's like, yeah, you're going to have to eventually look for a young quarterback because Aaron Rodgers was only supposed to be a two-year year rental. I mean, do you want to stop there and I'll hear Jason's thoughts because I do want to come back and say what the obvious solution seems to be. Well, Jason, ju- just to add to what you're going to say, at, at what point do we see Trevor Simeon on Sunday? Yeah, look, I... I... Michael, you have experience um, watching Simeon. I'll leave you talk on him in depth, um, but I definitely on paper doesn't seem like the answer. Completely agree with what Mark's saying. There's, if there's ever a time to go all in and try and um, make a push for a Super Bowl, it's now for the Jets, the way that roster is built and uh, just how strong the defense is. They have weapons on offense. They're really just missing that one piece. Uh, and I do think the answer could be a veteran to, to guide them over the line um one name I, I maybe this is more looking to be fun than actually realistic but you know we've been robbed of all these Aaron Rodgers headlines that we should be getting this season which is just completely unfortunate because it would have just been absolute uh, you know content left right and center watching the Jets led by Aaron Rodgers but there is one name out there who's perhaps the only name that's bigger than Aaron Rodgers um a certain somebody whose ownership deal <laughs> has yet to be finalized with the Las Vegas Raiders. A certain somebody who's has a house in New York. Uh, he has seven Super Bowls. I am, of course, talking about Nathan Peterman. No, um, Tom Brady, of course. The Jets haven't approached him, apparently, uh, reportedly. Um, look, he might have absolutely no interest in reality. But I think a quarterback like him, with his experience, he could absolutely slot in and steer the ship um, on his way to an eighth Super Bowl. Maybe that's too outlandish. Maybe that's too much of a dream scenario. Maybe he's too much uh, blue, red and white in his heart of the New England Patriots to actually act on something like that. But if you were to take team names out of it and you put that roster in front of Tom Brady... I guarantee you he's confident he could make a run in the Super Bowl. I mean, Mark, I'll just jump in very quickly and say this. Um, my team went from winning the ring to having a quarterback battle between Trevor Simeon and Mark Sanchez and Paxton Lynch. I, I'm not going to sit here for the next five minutes and waste a week four preview on talking about Trevor Simeon. The reality for people is, years on, Trevor Simeon is not an answer nor is he a long term answer for this team go out and get someone if you need to take some of your draft picks for the next two or three years and make a deal because let's be frank I mean Jeff said it on his podcast on Monday night 
you know, people are going to want you to pay because they know you're hurting. But if you believe you're that close, you go and get someone. And if you're not going to go get someone and you lose this weekend, I'm afraid you tank and you go after Caleb Williams and you let him sit behind Rogers for a year next year. Jason's right, we've been robbed, we've been robbed for a year. But for me, with some of the names out there, not even Tom Brady, who's lost to Barney 10 or 20 pounds due to lack of stress, he ain't coming back. Colin, look, the Colin Kaepernick thing's a joke. I'm sorry. Like, like, it's not going to happen. And it's a joke in the sense of, it is. this is something that if it was three or four years ago, yes, it's fine. This is not even a realistic storyline anymore. That is like Teddy Sheringham coming out five years ago and saying he wants to play for Man United. And well, then again, Man United went and got Johnny Evans. So I, I, maybe that goes out the window. But look, in all seriousness, I think it's, if, I, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm disgusted at this week. Because they're not bringing anybody. I, I am not, and I don't want to jinx this, Mark, I am not concerned with a storyline for this podcast. The Jets have brought in Simeon. They're going to cover the cracks this week. What will happen is they'll lose this weekend. The fans will boo. Maybe Simeon might get in the third quarter if he's even active for the game because of the timing of it or if he even gets into it. Uh, I believe he has to be in it in some, in some way. And then the cycle will start again. They're running out of time. They've got about two weeks. And... I believe next week we're at the point where it's not even a talking point anymore because I think they're done. Which is a real pity for that division and a real bonus for the New England Patriots who are not even in the storylines at the minute in, in ways they should be outside of, their, just outside of their defense. You have the answer to all of the Jets' problems with Mark, so let us all know who you think should come in. Yeah, look, no, when, when it comes to Colin Kaepernick, he's been out of the league for longer than he was in the league. It's been seven years since he last took a snap. It's crazy to think that he just broke back in. We saw what two years off did. I've been married six him. years. There you go. Like, it go, he's just, it's it's just nonsensical thing. And I know he wants to do for the um, the practice squad or whatever. Let's not even go towards it. But the obvious name and the successor for the Matthew Stafford talk because Matthew Stafford is untradeable now because the LA Rams are actually competitive and that was the obvious name in the beginning. It's Kirk Cousins from the Minnesota Vikings. It's beyond possible because he's a free agent next year. The team did not commit to him, so he's a free agent. He can't be tagged because it's impossible because he's been tagged a couple of times before. You just take up way too much money. And they're a team themselves that are going nowhere. The Vikings fans will hate to hear that being said because they're waiting to go and get a win against the Carolina Panthers this week that will then convince themselves that they can go 6-0 in the division and then win all of the winnable games. Like if I put on my purple tinted glasses as a Vikings fan, it's like I'm saying that they go and beat the Saints, the Falcons, the Raiders and the Broncos to get to six, or sorry, those wins plus the division wins gets them over the line and they go to the playoffs. That's just completely saying, okay, we lose to the 49ers, the Chiefs and the Bengals. Like that's the only wiggle room. They don't have one more game more than that. So they have to run the table for the teams that they have remaining on that schedule. And it's like, it's just compensation wise, what you give up is the question that I'm asking because like we know that the the Vikings have like done themselves this year. Like all the good camera that they had from last year that the every bounce of the ball, like if you can't finish off the Chargers last weekend, you're not going anywhere and you're only wasting. So it's like if you know that Kirk Cousins isn't part of the future you might as well get the picks now because at least with a quote, like 
the Jets are only a quarterback away and a quarterback of his caliber away. Whereas whatever has happened to Minnesota is, you know, they they were always built on shaky foundations going back to their playoff spot last year. And like again, fans will absolutely hate to hear that, but it's just that's the fact. Whereas the Jets are such a solid team, and. Yeah, like it does. Kirk Cousins return to the team next year. The only reason I can see him do it is if he doesn't want to move his family. He's thirty-five years of age. That's the, the only negative that I see going with it. But what is the compensation? The Jets gave up the second-round pick for Aaron Rodgers. A third isn't going to get it done. I'm kind of wondering: would they trade a player and a third, or give up the first? and get a second back from the Vikings. That seems to make sense for me because you gave up a second round pick once upon a time for Zach Wilson. Like we know the picks don't, you know, always do it for whatever team. Um, especially when Joe Douglas, if he isn't if Joe Douglas doesn't get a trade across the line, he's losing his job at the end of the year. So why is he protecting picks for a future general manager of the New York Jets? Just spend the first round pick to bring in uh, Kirk Cousins hopefully get back a second if you're going to be around next year and then go and attack this thing before it's too late because like if they go to own four it's like how big of a hole do you want to climb out of I think uh, personally I think the, the biggest obstacle in that scenario and you've both touched on it but it is just the timelines of it you know um, when are the Vikings actually going to throw in the towel and admit to the fans that they're throwing in the towel they, they are 0-3 but at the end of the day they've lost three very close games to three good teams I don't think the fans will be too happy if they uh, trade away their quarterback right now and similarly if they you know if it lasts a couple more weeks and they do uh, keep losing and it is time to unload Kirk Cousins well then Michael as you said maybe the Jets have lost a few too many games the hole is too deep and now they don't even want to try and get a quarterback they might as well just tank on the season and get a young guy to to play um, after Rodgers plays next year so I, I do think a timing thing ultimately will be the biggest barrier to that scenario personally. But, you know, on paper, it is just a, a nice matchup for sure. Yeah. And like if they if they didn't get Aaron Rodgers this summer, or sorry, last summer, would, would Zach Wilson be with this team? I don't believe he would have been. I, I believe they would have got rid of him because somebody else. And I think they were happy to have that comfort blanket there with Zach Wilson and it went parachute on him with Aaron Rodgers and we all know what happened they should there. never have had him as the number two backup I agree like it's absolutely like this team has also had Sam Darnold like they've had no local quarterbacks so it's like they're going to have to go after a veteran because they haven't been able to develop one now, that's through different regimes obviously but like that's where I'm coming from from the, the use your first round pick because you're going to have to use your first round pick on a quarterback like end of story that's where they're, they're at but it's like if you haven't been able to develop one in years like they're, they're probably hoping to sign a Kirk Cousins next year in the offseason because they need, like, honestly, he he could end up there next year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, September the 12th, 2019, I was sitting in a bar in Dallas Fort Worth Airport and I was watching Monday Night Football with the Jets and Sam Darnold was down and on comes Trevor Simeon and he's back in New York this weekend. Time will tell what happens. Let's see.